Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Neo. Welcome into the Skeptic Arena. Today, an article by Pastor Stephen Anderson of the Faithful Word Baptist Church in Phoenix, Arizona, entitled Birth Control in light of the Bible. Pastor Anderson begins. When does life begin? In 2005, the medical world disagrees with God as to when pregnancy begins. Stephen, that should come as no surprise. Every scientific field disagrees with your invisible ghost on just about everything. In other words, your God hasn't gotten one right yet. He continues, Dr. Vanessa Collins, Vice President for Medical Affairs at Planned Parenthood Federation of America, was asked if hormonal birth control pills cause abortion. Her response was, no, abortion ends a pregnancy. Contraception pills work before a pregnancy begins. Pregnancy begins with the implantation of the developing fertilized egg in a woman's uterus. Then Pastor Anderson wrote, Yet, in the next paragraph, she admits that implantation doesn't occur until five to seven days after fertilization. This viewpoint represents the medical world's current view of when a pregnancy begins. When does God say that life begins? Stephen, the medical world never considers what your imaginary friend says. He appears nowhere in any medical literature. He wrote, The Bible clearly teaches that life does not begin at birth. Stephen, actually Genesis 2 verse 7 says exactly that. Quote, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Stephen, God couldn't have made it any clearer. Until Adam could breathe through his nostrils, he was not yet a living soul. Stephen, all you had to do was read as far as the second chapter in the Bible. You couldn't even do that. He wrote, Jacob and Esau fought in their mother's womb. Stephen, at the rate you and your wife are pumping out kids, you guys will soon be competing with the Dugars for your own reality show. So you, of all people, should know about the kicking of fetuses in the womb. They aren't practicing karate, Stephen. Those are involuntary movements. How could those movements be anything else since your own God said that they do not yet have souls? He wrote, Ferez broke forth in order to be born before Zara. 
Jeremiah was sanctified while he was in his mother's womb. John the Baptist leaped in his mother's womb. He was filled with the Holy Ghost in his mother's womb. Stephen, ancient fairy tales carry no weight in the medical profession, so your stories might entertain ghost worshippers on Sunday mornings, but have no relevance to this debate. He wrote, The Bible is also clear that life does not begin at some point in the womb. Stephen, that's true. In fact, I just quoted you a verse where God was quite clear on when he believes it begins. He wrote, David says, Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. Stephen, that's gibberish. You can barely handle simple English, and yet you want us to believe that you can understand that nonsense? He continues, God looked upon and knew David when he was only a developing conceptus in his mother's womb. Stephen, big deal. Modern doctors can do the same thing. They can spot deformities early in fetal development. Maybe if they had used those methods on your mother, we might all have been spared your existence. Pastor Anderson wrote, That is why he says of some of his body parts, or members, when as yet there were none of them, before some of his body parts had even developed or materialized, God knew him, and he was David. Well, Stephen, if your imaginary friend knows the future as you nutjobs claim, then he knows everyone before they are born. Which brings up the interesting question, why does God change his mind and kill 50 million of them in the womb every single year? Do you have a verse that explains that one? Pastor Anderson wrote, which in continuance, were fashioned, describes the development of a child in its mother's womb as God is fashioning it into a baby ready to be born. Stephen, you forgot about the 50 million each year whom he fashioned for an early exit. What about them? Why does your invisible ghost fashion them and then flush them down the toilet? He wrote, what God calls David's substance the world calls a blob of tissue. Clearly, life begins at conception. Stephen, that's pretty unfortunate for your argument then, because now you have to explain why your God murders so many children. He wrote, God warns us not to think we understand the pregnancy process. Stephen, you could have ended that sentence after, quote, God warns us not to think, end quote. And he backs up that warning with threats of eternal torture for those who do think. Anderson wrote, Let us not be so presumptuous as to choose an arbitrary point in time and consider that the moment when life begins. And yet, Stephen, you did exactly that. You chose conception as the arbitrary point in time when life begins in defiance of what God said. He wrote, let us by faith accept the fact that life begins at conception. Stephen, let me translate that for the audience. Quote, 
I can't prove when life begins, so just believe what I tell you to believe, or my invisible friend will fry your ass for eternity. End quote. The next question Pastor Anderson asks is, do all birth control pills cause abortion? This leads us to our next discussion. Is it ever right for us to do something that will end the life of a child at any time after conception? Well, Stephen, if God is setting an example for us by murdering 50 million children after conception every year, who are we to disagree? Wasn't that your position? To follow God's example? Pastor Anderson continues, God commanded to punish a man even for unintentionally causing a woman to have a miscarriage. God tells us that if any mischief follow, the perpetrator should pay life for life, placing an equal value on the life of the unborn child as on the life of the man involved. Therefore, those who even unintentionally end the lives of unborn children are guilty before God, and those who do so intentionally are guilty of murder and should receive the death penalty. Stephen, can you produce the verses to back up that claim? He continues, Hormonal birth control methods, including all types of birth control pills, like the patch, hormone injections, implants, etc., perform two primary functions. One, they suppress ovulation. No egg is released, therefore pregnancy is not possible. Depending on which particular method is used, ovulation is suppressed 40 to 95 percent of the time. The other 5 to 60 percent of the time, an egg is released and can be fertilized. Two, they thin and harden the lining of the uterus. This makes implantation of the conceived seven-day-old child virtually impossible. All hormonal birth control methods have this effect on the uterine lining 100% of the time. Simple logic tells us, Stephen, you are a ghost worshiper. You don't even possess any kind of logic, simple or otherwise. Continuing, he wrote, that if an egg can be released and fertilized 5 to 60% of the time and implantation is being prevented close to 100% of the time, a silent abortion is taking place 5 to 60% of months when a woman is taking the pill because the seven-day-old child is unable to implant and dies. Stephen, all that means is that medicine got to it before God did. He continues, the morning after pill functions after the same principle to destroy the lining of the uterus, but in a shorter period of time due to higher concentrations of the same hormones. The 5% figure is based on the use of the combination pill, which is usually a combination of estrogen and progesterone. The 60% figure is based on the use of progesterone only pills, the patch or progesterone injections or implants. Therefore, a woman taking even the combination pill for only two years statistically will have one chemical abortion during that time. A woman using a progesterone-only method for two years could very likely have 12 silent abortions during that period of time, or one every other month. These are the most conservative estimates available. Other research indicates that women taking the combination pill 
could be ovulating up to 50% of the time, and that 70% of women taking the mini pill could be ovulating every month. In almost all cases, these babies would not be able to implant and would die. Stephen, how much better the world would be today if only your egg had failed to implant. For one thing, your wife might have married a sane and loving man who saw her as something more than just an incubator. He wrote, with over 17 million American women using the pill and other chemical abortifacients, it is estimated that breakthrough ovulation and pregnancy occur so often that between 7 to 12 million newly conceived children are killed by chemical abortions in the womb each year. Stephen, that's a long way from the 50 million that your God kills in the womb every year. He wrote, the term birth control pills is accurate since they do not prevent conception but birth. Perhaps the reason God has not ended the abortion holocaust in America is that God's own people are unknowingly murdering their own offspring. Or perhaps, Stephen, he doesn't agree with you. In the Bible, God proves himself to be the biggest baby killer in history. It sounds like you've greatly misunderstood him. And Pastor Anderson's third question is, is birth control sinful? The first command in the entire Bible is found in Genesis 1.28, when God commands mankind to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. The casual reader may think that this command was given only to Adam and Eve. Well, Stephen, since they were the only two people alive in Genesis 1.28, I would say that the casual reader might be right. He wrote, and does not apply to Christians today. However, the key word in this verse is replenish. The word replenish means refill. If this command were for Adam and Eve only, why would they be told to refill something that had never been filled? Stephen, a better question would be, if Adam and Eve were the first two humans, why would God tell them to replenish the earth? He wouldn't. He would only tell them that if humans had existed previously. Stephen, now you've talked yourself into a hole far deeper than the one you originally were stuck in. He wrote, the word replenish is used because God is commanding a continual refilling process to take place. Every generation of mankind is commanded to replenish the earth. No, Stephen, there is nothing in that verse to support your interpretation. You are simply making shit up. He continues, the New International Version and other modern perversions of the Bible change the word replenish to fill which radically alters this meaning. Stephen, there is nothing quite so hilarious as watching ghost worshipers bash each other over the head with scripture. He continues, many people feel that the Old Testament commands of God to be fruitful and multiply do not pertain to Christians today because the population of the earth is much higher than it was in the days of the Old Testament. Careful study of the Pentateuch reveals that when the children of Israel left Egypt, their population was approximately 2 to 3 million. Stephen, what careful study gives you that number? He wrote, Yet Deuteronomy states, The Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times so many more as ye are, and bless you as he hath promised you. 
Now Stephen writes, God's will was for the nation of Israel alone to number two to three billion, let alone the many other nations God ordained in Genesis. Stephen, so how has God's will worked out? The Jews are one of the smallest minorities on earth. 3,500 years later, and they don't even account for 1% of the population. The Mormons didn't even get started until the 19th century, and even they outnumbered Jews. It looks like your invisible ghost blew that prediction like all his others. Pastor Anderson continues, When the children of Israel went down to Egypt in the days of Joseph, they numbered only 70, while Egypt was the most powerful nation in the world. When the Israelites became slaves less than 360 years later, Pharaoh said, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. God's people multiplied at a far more rapid rate than the worldly Egyptians. Stephen, there is no evidence that Egypt ever had Jewish slaves. That is just another fairy tale that Jews and Christians believe on faith. He wrote, according to Planned Parenthood sources, most methods of birth control were invented in ancient Egypt. This may account for the striking contrast. Stephen, look up the population of Egypt. Now look up the population of Jews in the whole world. The striking contrast didn't quite go the way you had hoped, did it? He wrote, before 1936, all contraceptive devices and birth control methods were illegal in the United States of America. Stephen, before 1863, slavery was legal in the United States of America. In both cases, we call that progress. He wrote, in 1938, Judge August Hand lifted the federal ban on birth control. In 1965, Griswold v. Connecticut, the United States Supreme Court overturned one of the last state laws prohibiting the prescription or use of contraceptives by married couples. Stephen, not a good year for Christian fundamentalists, was it? Blacks were finally being granted equal rights, and women were gaining control over their own bodies. I wonder how many overweight, NASCAR-cheering, NRA-supporting, high school graduate Bible thumpers committed suicide that year. Which begs the question, Stephen, what are you waiting for? After all, if heaven is everything you claim it is, and Jesus is waiting for you, why would you even waste another minute down here? Stephen, Jesus is waiting. He loves you, Stephen. Don't be a tease. You've made him wait long enough. Life insurance will take care of your wife and kids. Do it, Stephen. Do it now. But just a little advice first. If you choose the freeway, pick a dark night and then lie down in the fast lane. As long as drivers don't recognize you, they'll swerve around you. He continues, What the world and the civil government considered immoral and even criminal fundamental Christianity embraces less than 70 years later. Stephen, that is the problem. While the world moves on, you ghost worshipers remain frozen in the dark ages. And no, Stephen, you aren't getting your slaves back either. Pastor Anderson wrote, 
In the words of our 26th president, Theodore Roosevelt, quote, birth control is sinful, end quote. Could an independent fundamental Baptist preacher today say in his pulpit what the President of the United States said in a public speech only 100 years ago? Stephen, I can give you some slavery quotes from famous people in the past. All that proves is how far we've come. Well, at least some of us. He wrote, why do today's Christians desire to limit the size of their families by means of birth control? Stephen, for the same reason they changed their stance on slavery and gay marriage, they are advancing into the 21st century. They are discarding the vile morals taught in the Bible and using their common sense and education. Don't worry, Stephen. You show no signs of becoming infected with modern morals. You seem safely embedded in the Dark Ages, where you fit right in. Pastor Anderson continues, Not one reason can be given as to why a Christian would want to bypass the blessing of children that is not motivated by either selfishness or a lack of faith in God. Stephen, of course they have reasons. They don't choose to breed like a nest of roaches like you and your incubator wife, who is so submissive she refers to herself as Mrs. Stephen Anderson, making it obvious that you won't even allow her to have her own identity. Progressive Christians prefer to devote their energy and love to the number of children that they feel they can properly care for. He wrote, the Bible clearly teaches that it is the Lord that opens the womb of a woman and causes her to conceive a child. Who are we to tamper with the will of God? Stephen, you are assuming to know the will of God, but most Christians disagree with you, and as proven earlier, even God disagrees with you. He continues, if God is responsible for opening and closing the womb, and if he gives us children as a way to bless and reward us, why would we reject the gift of God and miss out on his perfect will in our lives? Stephen, you are living proof that not all those gifts are perfect. He wrote, nothing can be more offensive than the rejection of a gift given out of love. Stephen, how about the killing of that gift? That's pretty offensive too, huh? So why does your God grant life to 50 million children every year only to murder them before they ever get to draw a single breath? He wrote, this is akin to those who reject God's gift of eternal life and perish in the fires of hell because they are unwilling to receive the gift of salvation. Stephen, the threats of your imaginary friend don't really work on rational people. Save it for other ghost worshipers. They are the only ones who are terrified of spooky. Besides, they don't perish in hell. If they did, how could God torture them forever? He wrote, the people of God have been influenced heavily by the ungodly world system. Stephen, we call that learning. He wrote, and the key doctrines of the Bible presented here have all but fallen by the wayside. Stephen, we call that progress. And he wrote, we have gone from condemning all methods of birth control to condoning and even promoting the pill. Stephen, and we call that rational thinking. 
And Stephen concludes by writing, which is the most heinous form of birth control. Would to God this generation would stand up and fight for this key doctrine of God's word and cleanse our churches from the blood of our own sons and daughters. Stephen, I thought my suggestion about the freeway was a better idea. But if that one doesn't appeal to you, think about this one. If you choose dynamite, make sure to notify family members so they can get out of the room. Someone as dog shit stupid as you deserves to die alone. A brief note before I go. Before concluding that I might have been a little too hard on Pastor Stephen Anderson of the Faithful Word Baptist Church in Phoenix, Arizona, you might want to consider this. Anderson is the subhuman asswipe who publicly prayed for the death of his own president. That would be Obama, not Bush. You atheists might think, so what? He was just talking to himself anyway. But you need to understand that Anderson believes that God is listening to him. So when Anderson asked God to murder our president, he believed that God was actually considering his request. Otherwise, why would he be leading a prayer to solicit a murder? Now realize that this is the guy who is trying to convince you that he is pro-life. And now we move to the science segment. Today, monkeys can learn to see themselves in the mirror. Unlike humans and great apes, rhesus monkeys don't realize when they look in a mirror that it is their own face looking back at them. But that doesn't mean they can't learn. What's more, once rhesus monkeys develop mirror self-recognition, they continue to use mirrors spontaneously to explore parts of their bodies they don't normally see. In earlier studies, scientists had offered monkeys mirrors of different sizes and shapes for years, even beginning at a young age. While the monkeys could learn to use the mirrors as tools for observing other objects, they never showed any signs of self-recognition. When researchers marked the monkeys' faces and presented them with mirrors, they didn't touch or examine the spot or show any other self-directed behaviors in front of those mirrors in the way that even a young person would do. In the new study, researchers sat the monkeys in front of a mirror and shined a mildly irritating laser light on the monkeys' faces. After two to five weeks of the training, monkeys had learned to touch face areas marked by a spot they couldn't feel in front of a mirror. They also noticed virtual face marks in images on a screen. They had learned to pass the standard mark test for mirror self-recognition. Five out of seven of the trained monkeys showed typical mirror-induced self-directed behaviors, such as touching the mark on the face or ear and then looking and or smelling at their fingers as if they were thinking something like, hey, what's that there on my face? They also used the mirrors in other ways that were unprompted by the researchers to inspect other body parts. The findings in monkeys come as hopeful news for people who are unable to recognize themselves in the mirror due to brain disorders such as mental retardation, autism, 
schizophrenia, or Alzheimer's disease. Although the impairment of self-recognition in patients implies the existence of cognitive neurological deficits in self-processing brain mechanisms, these findings raise the possibility that such deficits might be remedied via training. And now we move to the final segment of the show, famous quotes. Today, Amanda Marcotte, born 1977, she is 37 years old. Marcotte is an American blogger who writes on feminism and politics. Here is the quote from Amanda Marcotte. Religion is an idea, and as an idea, it should be eligible for criticism, discussion, and yes, mockery. The only reason so many believers demand special exceptions be made for religious ideas is because they know full well that their ideas don't hold up well under scrutiny. Are you ready, Boots? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.